Napa know-how. There are lots of amazing cars on the road, but perhaps none more amazing than the paid-off car. It may not be pretty, but the price is right. Heck, if you keep that thing running, it'll actually start paying you. Because with Napa Rewards, for every $100 you spend, you'll get $5 off. So keep your car running longer, stronger with Napa Rewards, and watch the savings start rolling in. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. You are Locked On Trailblazers, your daily Portland Trailblazers podcast part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to a March 26th Sunday afternoon edition of the Locked On Blazers podcast. I am your host, Eric Garcia-Gunderson, a writer at the Associated Press, Blazers Edge, former Blazers beat writer at the Vancouver Columbian. Welcome back to Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You can find our show on iTunes, Audio Boom, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn FM, Pocket Casts, uh, pretty much anywhere you can get a podcast, you can find us. So uh, look at your you know respective podcast directory, find Locked On Blazers, subscribe, hopefully leave us a five-star review. We'd really appreciate that. Welcome back to Locked On Blazers. It is Sunday afternoon. I did not do a podcast last night immediately following Portland's impressive blowout victory. They only won by 12, but they uh, were ahead by as many as 24. They win, or they won, excuse me, on Saturday against the Minnesota Timberwolves, 112-100. I did not do a podcast because... My school, the Oregon Ducks, were in the Elite Eight. I was watching that game. I was fanning out very hard. Uh, had had a few beers, uh, maybe a shot of tequila, uh, and 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 either way, you know, it was it was a celebratory night for me. Uh, and so I caught the Blazer game this morning after celebrating the Oregon victory uh, last night over Kansas, which was super impressive. Very stoked on the Final Four. Uh, can't believe that the Ducks made it, but, uh, yeah, uh, very happy about the Ducks. Uh, Jordan Bell is just an animal. I'm considering naming my firstborn Jordan Bell. Uh, he, he's been phenomenal throughout this entire tournament. Uh, and, and, and then Tyler Dorsey making big shots down the stretch again. Uh, just great. Uh, Oregon Ducks in the final four, which is surreal. Uh, and our women's team also has a chance to make it to the final four. So, uh, very excited about that. Uh, and that's why I didn't podcast last night. Uh, but the, you're here for blazers talk. I'm sure you maybe if you, if you're coming here, but you maybe don't, don't want to be hearing about the college tournament and all that stuff. Although there are some big games today, UNC and Kentucky is going to be a fun one that I'm going to watch. But, uh, Portland beats Minnesota last night, 112, 100, uh, pretty dominant performance throughout. I was very impressed with how Portland played another game where uh, they have an opponent who comes in who 
is not playing very well right now. Minnesota has a lot of talent, but they've lost. They lost five in a row coming into last night's game. Uh, and, and Portland played like a team that sensed that they were a team on the ropes, and uh, they never, you know, they really kicked things into gear uh, from the very beginning. And it was just you know quarter after quarter again, kind of like that that New York game where it was just. Uh, you know, they were building, they were constantly ahead throughout. And I, I, I was very impressed again with just how well they managed every quarter uh, from the first one to the end of the game. Minnesota made up a lot of time, it made up a lot of points in garbage time to make it a 12 point game. But for the most part, uh, the Blazers should be commended again for not uh, you know, they weren't flawless in this game, but they should be commended again for playing with the consistency and, and building a lead incrementally so that it didn't require so much drama. And, and, and they haven't had that many games this year where it's been like that, at least uh, from a positive standpoint. Uh, and that's what they got against the Knicks on Thursday. And then they come back with another similar type of performance which is impressive for a team that is this young uh that they're able to build off of the success that they had against new york and then they kind of have another opportunity to put that uh performance into practice and and they did that uh against minnesota on saturday cj mccollum was the the high point man for the blazers he and damian lillard were absolutely uh, phenomenal in this game. The Blazers as a whole were extremely efficient, uh, but Lillard and McCollum were phenomenal. McCollum especially, he had 32 points, four assists, four rebounds. McCollum was 11 of 13 from the field and four of five from three. So he missed one two-pointer and one three-pointer, and that was it. He was perfect, six of six at the line. And uh, some of the shots that he made in this game were just, you know, it, it was the it classic C.J. McCollum uh, performance where he had kind of every trick in the book and uh, he saved some of his best stuff. I thought his best moves really were uh, he saved him for Carl Anthony Towns on switches. And, and I really love Towns. Uh, I think he has great defensive talent. Not many seven footers have the quickness that he has to be able to stay on the perimeter with guys like like CJ, but CJ, even in those situations, I mean, he cooks anybody and he had several crossover combinations where he's just hitting back to back to back to back dribble moves. And, uh, Towns, I thought did a decent job, but CJ was still hitting his shots and CJ did have his career high against Minnesota earlier this year. Uh, when they were without Lillard, uh, he had 43 in Minnesota. So, uh, McCollum has cooked these guys before, and uh, Lillard has has been phenomenal since the All Star break. He's really led this Blazers team. Uh, there's really no, I don't think you can ask anybody who's watched this team uh, since the break and say that Lillard hasn't been the one setting the tone with the scoring and the aggression. But uh, and and he did deliver. He had a good game, 21 points. As I said, he was efficient, eight of 13 from the field. He also had a team high eight assists. Uh, but, but CJ in this one really just, uh, in those second and third quarters and, and just really anytime he got an opportunity, uh, to, to go to work, he did. And, uh, they only took 13 shots each, which is, uh, kind of a weird thing. Uh, 
they usually get up much more than that, but they didn't need to. Again, I said, you know, everyone on the Blazers were pretty efficient in this game. Uh, only Myers Leonard and Shabazz Napier of the guys that attempted shots shot below 50%. They get a win that brings them closer to the Denver Nuggets. Portland is now uh, just a game back of the Nuggets as they enter Sunday night's games, uh, which uh, are going to be tipping off here this evening. Portland has the latest of those Sunday night games uh, at 6.30 Pacific time against the Lakers at Staples Center. Denver has a home game against the New Orleans Pelicans, who are basically out of the playoffs. Uh, they have an outside chance uh, if they can make some miracles happen, and Denver and Portland both really start to really start to stumble. Uh, and and New Orleans is one of those teams where you know they have Demarcus Cousins, and it can either be a night where he destroys you or a night where uh, they are just not that good because they're the Pelicans and they don't really have a lot of perimeter talent and, it, and they're just not a very talented team outside of Davis and Cousins. Uh, but that's a, a matchup tonight that could bring Portland uh, into sole possession. Well, not sole possession. They would have they would be tied and then they have the season series and the division record over Denver as it stands right now. If they win on Tuesday, they will seal the season series at 3-1. So, uh, Portland is up to one currently in the series against Denver, and they have one more chance uh, to to seal that, which would be a major tiebreaker. So not only uh, is Tuesday an opportunity to make up ground in the standings, it's a time it, it's a chance for Portland to solidify having the tiebreaker. But uh, Portland could theoretically, by the end of Sunday, be in eighth place, setting up that that game on Tuesday. Uh, between the Nuggets and Blazers, so uh, it, it, it's it's really close right now. Portland's at 34 and 38, Denver at 35 and 37. Both teams with winnable games uh, tonight, but uh, yeah, it's going to be a real interesting last last stretch here as we've been talking about for a while. Uh, Denver is at home for that game, so. Uh, they probably will take care of business. They've been really good at home. They keep on scoring like crazy. Uh, but Portland keeps pace with them with a win. Again, taking of care, taking care of business. Uh, I talked about Dame and CJ. Yusuf Nurkic had a really nice game. I thought that he and Noah Vonley and just the starting lineup as a whole uh, really helped set the tone, really helped Portland extend leads throughout the game. Uh, Nurkic finished with 14 points, nine rebounds and four assists. He did have, uh, no turnovers tonight, which is, uh, really good for him. He has struggled in that area. The Blazers have in general been pretty sloppy with the ball, but with the way that their offense has been playing, it hasn't been a problem. Uh, basically the thing with turnovers is if you're turning it over a lot, but you still have a very efficient offense, it's okay. Uh, Golden State is a team that's like that. They're usually really uh, at the top of the league, close to the top of the league in turnovers, but they managed to have one of the most efficient offenses in the NBA. I think a couple of years ago, uh, San Antonio had one of the best offenses in the league, but also uh, one of the worst turnover rates. So as long as you can score efficiently outside of those turnovers, 
I don't think it's as much of a problem. And, and Portland, since the All-Star break, uh, their offense has been that efficient to where they don't necessarily need to uh, have to, to control the ball uh, in, in a way that is where they have to be risk-averse. Their offense has been that good. Uh, since the All-Star break, again, they've had the fourth-best offensive rating in the league. Uh, and their turnover rate is also top four. But as I mentioned, it's not as much of a, a problem when you're getting efficient shots and you're playing the way that they have. Uh, and another uh, interesting wrinkle about their post-All-Star play that I, I, I think now it's it's still a relatively small sample because it's, it's only uh, six, 15, 16 games at this point. But Portland does have a top four offense since the all-star break. And not only do they have a top four offense, they have a, they have the 14th best defense in the league. They're average, which is like the Blazers are average defense, which I know when you say it in a vacuum, it doesn't sound that impressive. But for this team that is now getting elite offensive efficiency, that is huge. And that was the recipe for Portland last year. They didn't even get to average defense as a a unit. And that's the recipe where you can kind of talk yourself into Portland being a team that can hang around in that Western Conference, be a team that maybe is a mid-tier playoff team for the next few years. And that is... Uh, Their offense with those two guards being that it's based on them, their offense has to be elite. They have to be one of the best offenses in the league. That just is not uh, something that they can have any wiggle room with. They've got to be one of those offenses if they're going to be the team that they want to be and the team that they are paid to be. But the great thing is that they're getting that elite offense, but the defense is also coming along. So, uh, Really, again, nice stretch of play here for Portland, whether they make the playoffs or not, whether they lose that Denver game to a Denver team that is playing excellent. I think this stretch uh, could really be the sign of what uh, of things to come for, for Portland. Uh, at least that's what you hope. And uh, I don't necessarily know if... Uh, yeah, I, we didn't see this hope earlier in the season, and it's starting to come to light now. Uh, as I mentioned, that starting lineup is really good. They are a plus 5.5 in net rating on the season, uh, so they keep on going up in that regard. And uh, I, I talked about the starting lineup really playing well against Minnesota, And I've talked about this regularly, but I got to keep talking about it because it's just a phenomenon that uh, I can't, it's so weird, but also just such a boost for this team that looked like they were going to be so bereft of front court talent for the foreseeable future is now getting this front court duo of Vonley and Nurkic that are just crushing guys and crushing teams. When Nurkic and Vonley have been on the floor together over these last 16 games since the All-Star break, the Blazers are a plus 11 and a half. Their offensive rebound rate is 30.8, which is great. And 
they are just crushing teams. And some of that might be because, you know, Lillard has been great and he's been shooting better, but that's also connected to how Nurkic is screening for him and how Vonley is screening for him. I mean, both of those guys can really get a body on defenders and, uh, have really opened things up and, and and they're crushing teams right now with those two guys on the floor. And to be doing that with a 22 year old and a 21 year old is phenomenal. So uh, again, whether this, this late season surge ends up in a playoff spot or a lottery pick, I think you've got to be happy with the progress that they've shown with who they've shown it with. This has not been uh, uh uh, this is really encouraging, I think. And again, they, they showed it tonight and they're progressing. And that's what you want to see. There's a, this young team now is starting to get it together. Obviously, it sucks that they chose to get it together when they were really bad and couldn't get anything better than the eighth seed. Obviously, uh, that is is really disappointing. But uh, I think ultimately for the future of the franchise and for uh, the years that going to come uh this stretch of play this production and effort and success that the young guys are having i think is really important because it helps build those winning habits and it helps build belief and confidence in a guy like especially in a guy like vonley who i think has really uh suffered from a lack of confidence at times earlier in his career because he's so young and that's just kind of what happens but you have a guy like Nurkic who just has the most confidence in the world and I think it kind of rubs off a little bit because here's a guy who's just his age and it's coming in there like he owns the place and plays like it and so uh that combination has just been killing teams and then uh I the bench continues to play well Aminu had a nice game he had 8.6 rebounds four or five from the field Crab uh really liking his aggression down the stretch here too. And I, and uh, credit to the Blazers for trying to get him more involved uh, in the offense while Evan Turner was out and trying to wake him up a little bit, because I think he's kind of sustained that energy uh, and, and that positive play for the most part. And then uh, Turner uh, had a, had another solid game from the field last night, four of five uh, and really the bench uh, just, helped the Blazers continue the momentum that those starters have given them. And uh, when you have guys like Aminu and Crab and Turner who uh, are, are, you know, NBA rotation quality guys and, and Myers Leonard who uh, can help space the floor. I, I think it helps. And Leonard got more of a look in this game uh, maybe because uh, the, Wolves are just a bigger team. They play more traditional centers. They play more traditional big men. So uh, Leonard got the call there more. Uh, and uh, one weird thing that I, I was I was looking at earlier today uh, was that I'm, I don't necessarily know if the com- I don't think the combination between Turner and Vonley, uh, the Turner Vonley combination is is a particularly fruitful one for Portland. Uh, and I think. Maybe just because of the way Turner plays that it, it might be more beneficial to his minutes to have uh, a spacer like uh, Leonard out there just because it, it just hasn't seemed like from the lineups that Vonley and Turner have played together that they have had a lot of success. Uh, I think Turner... 
can be a, a productive player and a positive player in the right context, surrounded by the right guys. And uh, I, I don't just I just don't necessarily think that the uh, Von Ley and Turner together in those moments that they have played uh, have been particularly good. So, uh, and 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 for reference, they are a minus nine point five. So. Uh, part of that could have been matchups against a, a bigger Minnesota team. And part of that also could have been that Turner and Vonley just don't work particularly well together. And, and uh, I, those are, are things that are good to find out because some guys don't, don't work well with certain guys. And uh, maybe that's Myers's usefulness to this team. When, when he comes off the bench to play with Turner, to help space the floor and, uh, provide shooting where and one of your wings doesn't provide perimeter shooting. So uh, that might have been a reason why why uh, Leonard played more uh, in the last game. But uh, Vonley and Nurkic continue to provide positive minutes and not just positive minutes, but kick kick ass minutes. I mean, they're they're legitimately busting skulls right now. So. Uh, I'm really liking that tandem. The Blazers continue to play well, and they build off of a very solid performance uh, against New York, and and they have another solid one uh, last night against Minnesota, a Minnesota team that man they looked they 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 had a moment there where they were really playing well. Towns was kind of getting into it. Rubio was balling. They had a, a little bit of a streak. They were right there behind Portland in the standings, and then they just, it the the bottom just completely fell out of that out of this run for them. And uh, I think it's pretty good for Portland, uh, and it sucks for Denver that Portland has Minnesota on their schedule two more times uh, because they've got the makeup game and they've got one more game uh, in Portland. So uh, I think. If there's anything to take away from uh, future games, it's that, or at least from the schedule point of view, is that it's good for Portland that they're playing Minnesota two more times before the season ends because the way they looked, uh, Minnesota looks like they're going to be a team that people are going to be rolling over towards the end of the season because they're young, they've given up, they know they're out, and... uh, that that's just kind of what they looked like. They looked like a team that's kind of going through the motions right now. Uh, and yeah, we'll, we'll see how that unfolds, but I think it's, it's a good sign for Portland's playoff chances. It's not a good sign uh, for those of you who don't want Portland to make the playoffs uh, that they have Minnesota on their schedule two more times with uh, 10 games left to play, but they do. So uh, yeah. Uh, Minnesota looked really bad. That was another takeaway last night. Uh, Chris Dunn looked good uh, for them off the bench. The rookie point guard who they drafted uh, in this most recent draft, he, he, he looked good. A guy that a lot of people have said, okay, maybe he's the heir apparent here. That's why there was a lot of speculation uh, about them trading Ricky Rubio pretty much ever since they drafted Dunn. Uh, he, he looked really solid, uh, had 17 points, 8 of 13 from the field. Pretty much a quiet night, though, from most of the guys on the the Timberwolves. They did play the previous night, so that probably had something to do with their lack of energy and their lack of spirit overall. Uh, 
Towns only had 16 points and five rebounds. And uh, Andrew Wiggins had 20 points on eight of 19 shooting. The Wolves are two of 10 from the field. Just wasn't a, wasn't a good night for them. They didn't look very good. Uh, it was a back-to-back, but if I had to say right now, uh, I think it, it's a it's a really good thing for Portland that they're playing Minnesota a couple more times uh, because they clearly want to make the playoffs, and Minnesota, ever since they have gone on this slump, or at least they just look like a team that is uh, ready for the season to be over. They had some brutal injuries. The change of coach has not gone well. Uh, or at least as well as some had hoped, and they're still also just a really young team. So uh, Minnesota, uh, they're not younger than Portland, though, which is which is the crazy thing. Uh, so Minnesota, not looking good. Portland has them on the schedule a couple more times. As I mentioned, Portland and Denver both play this evening, which is Sunday, which is when I'm recording this. Uh, Denver plays New Orleans, and Portland faces the Lakers at Staples Center. Uh, the tanking Lakers who are playing a bunch of D-League guys. So, again, another game where Portland needs to take care of business. And uh, if they can put this one uh, away early, be a good one to get away early and get done with early because they've got to fly back. Then they've got a what is ultimately the biggest game of the season uh, to this point and probably will be the biggest game of the season after the season's over and we look back. Portland-Denver... Tuesday night, Moda Center. I think that's an NBA TV game now. So uh, if you're not in Portland, that one's going to be nationally televised. Huge, huge game. And if you want to talk about that, if you want to talk about the Blazers or anything else related to basketball, NBA, what have you, we are going to be talking Blazers, Portland, Denver, Nurkic Fever, all of that at the Blazers banter panel this Monday, tomorrow at Portland Gear in technically Southwest Portland. It's just because it's on the other side of Burnside. It's right next to Providence Park, uh, the Portland Gear Store. We are going to be there at 7, talking Blazers. There's going to be some beer. It's also encouraged a BYOB. So if you want to bring a specific beer to chill out and talk Blazers with us, bring uh, whatever your favorite beer is. Uh, Come hang out with us. The panel is hosted by my pal Anand Pandian, NBA writer uh, from Clutch Points. Also at C- he's also written at CBS Sports, fan-sided. Uh, he's hosting the panel. He put it all together. Uh, we had him on the show yesterday, uh, yesterday afternoon, to come talk about the panel and talk about the NBA. Great conversation. Uh, not just about the Blazers and Nurkic fever and all that stuff, uh, being that he is based here in Portland, but we talked about the league. Uh, we talked about what we're kind of looking forward to as this season winds down and as we look ahead to the playoffs and uh this has been kind of a wild NBA season where uh and 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 we kind of broke that down and I it actually is more surprising I think than than you realize at first glance with all the stories that have kind of developed here with the two contenders with Cleveland with Golden State uh having some turmoil in their respective camps and and just the great play all around the league uh that has has made it very interesting so Anand and I talked about that we talked about the MVP races we talked about the respective playoff races what races he's interested in so go check out that conversation uh with Anand Pandian who's going to be hosting the Blazers banter panel at Portland Gear which I will be a part of 
I will also be there with Casey Holdall and Mike Richmond. So please come out. Please come talk Blazers. It's going to be fun. Again, that's the Blazers banter panel at Port at the Portland Gear store in Portland, right next to Providence Park, the Timbers Stadium. Come check it out. Come have some beers and come talk some hoops. So uh, that's going to do it for this edition of Locked On Blazers. We will be back with you after the Blazers face the Lakers in Los Angeles with a short wrap from that one and any uh, updates that we need to uh, give you uh, on the team as they they wind down here. Ten games left. They just played game 72. So uh, ten games left. Portland is one back of Denver, and they have the showdown, the Nurkic revenge game, Mason Plumlee revenge game potential. So many revenge narratives happening on Tuesday. It's going to be great. We're going to talk about it on Monday at Blazers Banter, but we will be back with you one more time before then. So uh, until next time, keep it locked on Blazers, on Stitcher, iTunes, Audio Boom, Google Play, TuneIn FM, wherever you can get a podcast. And we'll be back soon. Until next time, 